0: Welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how Unlocking Ancestral Wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company, Wealthy Money, into a six-figure business in U.S. dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. hi money magicians welcome to episode eight of the money magic series my goodness i'm loving this series so much thank you for the feedback you guys today my guest is kanya right i i felt like it was imperative that we at least get one of the men in the course (laughs) <laughs> to come and speak about the because 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 people always ask me, are there any men in the course? And I'm like, yeah, they are. They're they there. They just don't say much. But Kanya is active. He says a lot. He feeds back. So thank you for saying yes to the interview, Kanya.
1: Yeah, thank you, Vangile. I'm glad to be here. The, the, the thorn, <laughs> the active thorn amongst the roses is here today.
0: <laughs> right, everyone's been saying how brave you are because you like constantly there and you comment and feedback and share about your your reactions and even tears and share how you cried during some sessions and we're all like, "Wow, that is so amazing. <laughs> so that's been that is really awesome. so. Please tell us about yourself and what you do.
1: Yes. So uh, I'm Kanya Mwonyama. Um, My background is mostly in water and environmental science uh, because I've got a passion for for all things involving the the environment. Basically, I'm I'm very passionate about the the so-called green economy, anything about sustainability, such things such as your solar energy, uh green energy i'm very passionate about that yes but i'm also uh, into real estate investing yes yes Yes. and i'm also now in the long term looking at uh, uh, doing some coaching when it comes to property
0: ah okay wow that is amazing so kanya we featured you in the property magicians podcast i can't off the top of my head remember what episode it was i think it was in the um, 20s not in yeah 26 so guys go check out kanya's uh podcast in the property magicians podcast episode 26 he shares his property journey so quite awesome he's a real estate investor so i just also reeled him in for that so but kanya actually joined the money magic course after being on the podcast which was so interesting so kanya please tell us why you decided to join the course before i yes. even start asking the other questions
1: yes. so basically after doing the podcast and seeing the work that you were doing i i got very interested very curious uh, in, in the work that you were doing, so I first started off doing the the bank account challenge. Yes. And yes, I found that the the exercises there in the bank account challenge, like for example, falling in love with your bank account, and when yeah. you instructed us to uh, hold out your bank statement and uh, just observe the feelings that one was feeling when you were holding your bank statement, I, I found mm-hmm. that very interesting, which then uh, intrigued me to join the money energy course, because I yes. felt that I would, oh. be, I would be gaining even more value in the money energy course.
0: Ah, okay, and we're gonna go talk about the course more in depth soon. But before we even get to the course, tell me, what does money mean to you? How do you describe money to an alien?
1: So what I'll say then is that uh, money is like a, a form of uh, energy exchange. It, mm-hmm. it, it represents energy to yeah. exchange basically uh, between uh, like uh, more than more than one party where you, you're using the, the money to exchange mm-hmm. uh, for example for a service or a product. Yeah. Um, and also, also i would also describe it as being a tool because yes. it's, it's a tool that uh, that one can use to gain access to more options and more freedom. Mm. For, for example, mm. one of the things that I, I also like is uh, uh, traveling because I've got an, an adventurous side to me. Yeah. So money represents something that gives me access to that uh, traveling. But most importantly, it's yes. the form of, of energy. But, and then that energy can either be expanded or it can be contracted, depending on who is holding that energy.
0: Hmm. What you've just said there is so powerful. I feel like we need to just unpack it just for a little while, right, Kanya? Because um, you just said something so powerful about depending on who is holding this money, this energy, it can be expanded or contracted. What does that mean? Because people just think, oh, I just get the money. And of course, just having money is enough. Just give me the money. This idea that you can contract it is whoa
1: yes so they basically you by by rather focusing on abundance and focusing of course on on how you can like uh, diversify your streams of income and uh, having like a more of a let's say positive connotations towards money you you are more likely to expand the money well uh, for example there are those of us who usually travel in uh, your airlines usually tell us to first put on our own oxygen mask before putting on the 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 one for the next person next to you yep Mm -hmm. so now uh money can be can be seen as being like that oxygen mask that if you can uh uh, sort out your money story first and it's like putting on your oxygen mask then you can expand it uh help and help others to put on their own oxygen masks but at the same time if, if you if you see money as like, as, as, uh, as like the root of all evil, as some people do, especially the, yes. the people who are into religion, some of the, the religious people, then money yes. can actually be, be contracted.
0: Yes, yes. Because obviously if I'm thinking that something is evil and I want to keep myself pure, my spirit or my soul pure, I don't want to have that, thing in my life in my midst you know so I will find a way to get rid of it or as you said contract it limit the amount of that energy in my space because the connotation is that that energy is evil so I want to do away with it as much as possible so wow when did you start suspecting that your money story wasn't just about money but about something deeper than money
1: Yes, so um, it happened basically about two years back uh, because I thought that I was doing all the right things. I'd, I'd, uh, yeah. I started doing uh, going into things such as franchising, but then they, they were not working yeah. out. Uh, and then I thought, ah. okay, uh, I thought that, okay, after um, reading all of these books about money and finance, all the knowledge was there. I knew what to do but uh, yeah. things were not working out. So yeah. I thought to myself that there, there must be more to this. There must be maybe something also in, in terms of my psychology.
0: Mm, mm, wow. That is so interesting. I love what you've said, you know, about you were getting the knowledge. And so you knew intellectually what to do, but like, Applying when you applied the knowledge, it just wasn't coming together, right? And I think that so many of us could resonate with that because you've literally just explained my story. Like, I have a finance degree and I have an MBA, and like, so I know about finance, you know? know about it, but it just wasn't able to come together in my life. So that is actually quite interesting, what you've said, because I think so many people resonate with that. So when you heard about the Money Magic course, what did you imagine it was? And what did you think you'd be doing in the course? (laughs) I Uh, mean, you'd already done the Bank Account Challenge, right? Yes, yes, yes.
1: I I had already done the Bank Account Challenge, but then I thought just by uh, looking at the the name of the course, the Money Magic Course, I I was under the impression that we are going to mostly learn about the practical stuff, uh, such as things such as um, certain tricks and tips that you had uh, picked up yourself uh, in terms of how to budget, and also giving us certain tips about uh, online tools that we we didn't know about. Uh, I I wasn't really picturing um, meditations and and, uh, certain vows.
0: Oh wow! So now, what? Why do you think about the course? How do you feel about having signed up?
1: Now, after um, having signed up, and I feel that uh, the the course uh, it was uh, one of the best investments that I have made in myself because uh, I I never knew about uh, the the healing and and trauma. Now the, the way that you have explained, especially the um, the fact that some of the trauma is. Uh, is also stored in the body. And, and I never knew about that. There was such a thing as ancestral trauma because I thought trauma is, uh, is individual. Yeah, it's only uh, based on the, then what you have experienced yourself as an individual, mm.
0: yes. Mm, wow, that is so interesting. And, and I think like it makes sense, you know, cause when I used to think, um, when I was healing my depression, it was a friend of mine who was, uh, who said to me, maybe your depression is not just your own, it's also ancestral. And I mean, I come from a household where people have been practicing ancestral spirituality. And so I knew about this, but growing up, You know, you hear people say certain things. And at the time, my mother had been told that I have this gift and that she needs to give me tarot cards and that I can do work with um, tarot and I can heal. But growing up, I tried my best to reject everything, you know, (laughs) because everyone around me was like, what is this? So I also didn't want to acknowledge that. So when I was told that, I was like, oh, my gosh, please don't tell me I have to go back into the life that I grew up hearing about and learning about you know so I was just I I really wanted trauma to be just individual because of my own trauma of I've shared a lot about my vow of rebellion towards my mother you know and my father so like my dad is very much about Western ways of healing and because he's a pharmacist and then my mom is about the traditional ways of healing So I was stuck in this deep vows of rebellion to either side Mm -hmm. So nothing was working until I had to start healing the ancestral trauma. So that being said though Mm -hmm. Please can you share with us about what you have learned your own individual experience in the course about trauma how has your view of trauma shifted and what have you started to deeper uh, to deeply understand about ancestral trauma what have been some of your aha moments from the course
1: yes so my 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 understanding of trauma now has changed from thinking that uh it's just only what happens like mentally and what you are experiencing mentally or psychologically and now i understand that trauma is actually, it can actually be stored in the body, something that I, I didn't know before. Uh, and also that uh, with, uh, with, with trauma itself, the definition of it is not just uh, uh, the, the, the things that happened, uh, uh, like the big things that happened, which are like devastating things. Trauma can also represent some of the, the things that we often undermine, such as having like a critical teacher or a, a critical parent. Because mm. um, when you have a, a teacher who is uh, very critical, then the, those types of experiences, they shake up your, your nervous system. And then yes. your nervous system uh, will, will, will actually end up being always on the edge, which then yes. also, which represents trauma. And yes. uh, I, also, I also didn't know that um, with, um, with, when it comes to healing your own uh, trauma, you are also healing mm. your, your ancestors, and you are also yes. healing future generations. Yes. Uh, so so I, yes. I I didn't know that uh, tra- trauma and healing they are actually quite multidimensional.
0: Yes, and I feel like when we talk of healing future generations, it's not even that deep, right? It's that if I was brought up by a critical parent, which I was, and then if I have um, if I don't heal my trauma then chances of me responding to my kids in a similar manner would um are very very high so then i then re-traumatize the next generation because i haven't healed my own drama right (laughs) so in healing trauma it's not always just the spiritual element although there is a deep spiritual element to it right it's also just that just by simply healing ourselves, we change the way that we respond to situations. Yes. Which means that the way that we react to the next generation, our nieces, our nephews, our own children is so different. So we don't pass on the same dramas to them and the same um, hang-ups and issues that we were given, right? So it's just really that powerful. Yes. Wow!
1: And also that, also that, uh, when when one experiences trauma, the trauma is not just something that would would happen to you. Trauma will also be something that you would be observing. For example, a child yes. that a, a child that sees their parents arguing, that that may yes. actually be, be trauma to them. And then that child, yes. if they don't experience any healing, they are also in future mm. likely to associate um, relationships with uh, arguing.
0: Amen. Amen. That is is the absolute core of of trauma, right? I think what you've just said is so powerful, Kanya, because there are actually studies now being done that sometimes observing a traumatic event that is happening to another person can be as traumatic as it happening to you because what it does is it also adds the element of powerlessness what you've just said about watching a child observing a parent who a parents who are arguing or worse a child observing a mother who is getting beaten up or a father that is being abusive or whatever is actually getting re uh, traumatized at times even more than just the parent getting beaten up, you know? So there's just a lot of studies being done there, right? And it's actually so interesting to me because as we talk about in the course, trauma is such a layered experience and what we don't, and I think once we start on our healing, we start to understand that actually even putting the next generation in a situation where they get to observe us being traumatized or being treated in a particular manner can be equally as detrimental to them psychologically and emotionally you know even if it may not be physical or they are not experiencing the emotional or the verbal just them being in that situation is enough of a trauma. And I think before we came from the situation, as long as he doesn't touch my kids or there's no arguing happening, my kids are not involved and I'm the one taking all the arguments, taking the blows, not having the peace. And it's like, no, sometimes, because kids don't have the mental capacity to process things, it can be more detrimental to them because they literally just they don't have the reasoning power that you have as an adult so thank you for bringing that up Yeah. so Kanya how did you feel about money before starting the course and do you see a shift in how you show up with money now and discuss money with clients, friends and family since the course yes then so
1: how I was feeling about money before uh, I was having like, uh, certain emotions such as anxiety and guilt, especially yeah. uh, in, in my line of business when it, when it came to pricing. Uh, because yeah. I, I used to always try to just uh, adopt or to just uh, uh, to level down to the price that the, the, the client would be comfortable with instead yes. of me. <laughs> instead of me just uh, setting my own pricing based on my value. I was focusing too much mm. on what the, the client wants because there was a, a sense of uh, desperation that uh, I mm. really want this client. So I want to, to satisfy the client. Um, mm. and, and therefore, well, one will always try to to adapt to uh, whichever clients and say, this mm. client is like this, I must set my price like mm. this. this. This one is like yes. this. And, I am set the price like this. And also uh, even even having uh, certain emotions such as uh, guilt, whereby I'll feel that, okay, if I'm making a a bit more money, uh, now I'm I'm, I'm going to be feeling a bit more guilty because I may be seen as uh, being uh, a bit arrogant because I'm having more money than uh, than Mm.
0: other people. Yeah. So has that changed? Has your pricing model changed?
1: Yes, now I'm. I, what I'm doing now is um, uh, because there was also the vow of uh, not good enough. So now my pricing is based on my own value, the, the value that I feel I, I have and I, I'm, I'm representing the value that yes. I am bring to the client. And yes. if the client is, is, there, is not satisfied with the price, then they can actually go and find someone else or another company that will give them the the price that they are looking for. Because mm. that way, I, I feel that that way, I will be getting clients who, who, who know what they want and they understand the, the value of the service that I'm bringing across. Yeah, yeah so yeah. now I'm, I'm, not com- I'm not compromising my pricing now.
0: And Kanya, I know there are people out there listening and going, yo, I'm gonna lose clients. Have you not lost business? Have you not experienced a drop in your income with this mindset and this way of thinking?
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, so there, 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 there was one uh, potential client who, who, uh, who actually wanted a, uh, a quotation for, for yeah. like a, a water treatment system. And then yes. I, 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 meant, I told this client that we don't start the project until we get a, a 50% deposit. We, yes. we, we, don't, we don't we don't do anything until we see a deposit uh, yes. and then the, 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 the client then they they just kept quiet and they've not come back to me since then and i'm not i'm not having uh, uh, like bad feelings i'm not feeling like i've lost the client i feel well they, there was their choice uh, and someone yeah. else someone else who understands will come back to me
0: yes Yes. Yes. So let's talk about your income because I think right now people are like, Oh my gosh, like he lost the client. This is like crazy. Since starting the course, (laughs) how um, I'm thinking, people are probably thinking it's so crazy that he thinks this is the best investment he's ever made. (laughs) And he's just talking about losing clients. Tell us about how your streams of income have evolved and Grown since starting the course. You've not even been in the course for three months. You've been like two months, two and a half months, maybe, in the course. Right. So, yes. well, tell us about um your income. Has it grown? Has it shrunk? Um, yeah. What's happened?
1: Okay. So what I've noticed now then is uh I'm I'm, I'm having now some new income streams which have been uh manifesting. For example, yes. besides the, the, the main water business, uh, they're working yes. on the state side. I'm I'm I'm, yes. I'm feeling that now that they nowadays uh, I'm, I'm venturing into the Airbnb space more and more. Yes,
0: because uh, yes,
1: because be during the whole COVID nineteen and lockdown period, people were saying that yeah. you will not make money on Airbnb, but then yes. I thought no, let uh, um, let me see for myself, and and rather yes. only uh, on. Yeah, but but now uh, since the lockdown, I've, I've uh, actually had uh, more income on Airbnb, and wow. also, <laughs> and also, besides that, I've also now just started a, a new business in terms of hiring out motorbikes to to Uber Eats drivers. So the yeah. the income streams are they are slowly di- diversifying
0: yeah wow so there's been a growth in income streams We were so yes. excited to read that yes right? and also, you know, so, and, and i was cool. one of those in the group that was like guys don't go into eb and b but listen to your intuition mm-hmm. <laughs> and i love that the students get to just be like uh, just ignore van like she's just doing her usual thing because that i think what you've just shown kanya is that What works for someone else may not necessarily work for me. And if your intuition and your gut as you're doing the work is saying Airbnb, it doesn't matter what I say or what the outside world is saying, you know? I mean, you have had amazing, you've had an amazing experience with Airbnb and you are loving it and you've even shared tips with us and things like that which is amazing. But I think that that's because it works for you and it made sense for you when you sat down and you looked at your income streams. And I think that is so, so powerful. You know, it shows again that so many things, like you said, it's about our energy and the alignment. So we may, it's possible for two people to go into a business and get two totally different um, results even though they are doing the same thing at the same time
1: yes exactly yes and also uh, I'm, I'm noticing also that um when it comes to the the, the incomes the, the income streams that there is that uh, sense that it doesn't have to be too hard because uh, we, we grew up in a culture where we were told that uh, making money has to be hard you have to be sweating if you are not sweating yeah. <laughs> then you don't really deserve it if you are not sweating uh, yeah. and, and you are made to feel that if, if it came easily, you're supposed to feel guilty uh, and, yeah. and people people who question, uh, how, how did he get it, uh, yeah. if, if, it came, if it came too easy?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have an uncle who says to me when I go home he's like you should just you should just tell us if you're like into if you're running drugs or something we'll understand because you just come home you chill out you're on your cell phone and I'm always like I promise you I am on my cell phone and working I'm not playing games or doing things I just work from my phone but he's like You should just tell us because it doesn't make sense. Because like then in like a few weeks later, you're like, oh, I'm going to do a weekend getaway. Then you're off to another country. Then you're doing something else. No. And I'm just like, honestly, uncle, there is no reason for me to go and be in the field and putting on a suit and so now you can see, I'm hustling from sunrise to sunset. (laughs) It doesn't work like that.
1: Exactly,
0: yes. So this is such a deep culture. And what you've just said is so powerful, Kanya. You know, it's, it's interesting that you diversified into other streams of income and you're growing your income and not doing the hashtag team no sleep in the process. You're not killing yourself to make this happen. And I think that right there is powerful. And literally this happened over a two-month period. Yes. And in that time period, what have you seen happen with your debts and your savings? Tell us about that. Has it? Um, have you seen a decrease in debts? What's happened?
1: Yes, man. So basically, before starting the, the course, I had uh, quite an, um, a few debts. Such as a, a credit card debt of about thirty thousand rand, and also yes, and also a personal loan of about uh, I think it was more than five thousand rand. But now uh, yeah. since the course, uh, yeah. particularly also the the what you taught us during the, the bank account challenge was for yes. one to also
0: see uh, are
1: you, are your expenses a reflection of your your values so yes. well, what i've now acquired done and questioned myself and i've, I've clarified is that uh, i don't have to feel guilty for for spending on certain things because I, yes. I grew up being being told that uh self-deprivation which is often linked to self-discipline is the key to yes. financial aid. so now, yes now like I see that
0: starving yourself of the things that you want if i see uh Jean that I want or I see a handbag that I want I must be self-disciplined I should not even allow myself to look in that direction and get it (gasps) guys how do we live like that like we're on this planet to enjoy life also you know I'm not saying go out and buy every single handbag in fact as you do the inner work you realize that so many things that you thought you liked are things that you don't really like but the things that you really like no matter how pricey they are Suddenly, you can afford them.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yes. So, uh, you know, what I've now noticed is that yes, I've I've uh, uh, ended and killed off the uh, those two debts, the credit card and the the personal loan. And uh, wow. it, it, it
0: congratulations! Made,
1: uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you. It's 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 now it's now making me feel a bit more at ease, like uh, the intent yeah. of my 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 feelings of. Uh, Relaxation when I'm and also the ease of breathing because when you are under stress and you you know that you've got certain depths, it also shows shows up in your breathing. You're like your breathing can be be like a bit shallower.
0: Yes, wow, you've really learned in the course, right? I mean, you are taking us through the values, you're taking us through the breath, and you're like, you've been in your body. But that's the one thing that I will say, Kanya, you do you've been so connected to your body throughout, this, um, throughout all the exercises. I mean, you come back and you tell us exactly how your body was feeling, the shifts that you noticed during the breath work or any of the meditations. So it's very, very powerful. And I think what you keep mention, what you've mentioned about the breath is that what we've been taught so often is that healing is a mental exercise you know, I just changed my mind. And you've mentioned several times already about the nervous system. And really what it is, is that a lot of, a lot of our trauma is stored in the body. Sometimes we're changing our mind, but what is happening in the body, the, the trauma is still in the body and there needs to be a somatic which is like body healing that is incorporated in this journey you know which is so so powerful because that's when you start to realize that I've been holding my breath for such a long time and I think most of us don't even realize that we haven't fully been breathing or that we don't even realize that we've sat with a pain in our shoulders or in our backs for so long that we've normalized it you know yes. and that's part of us storing that trauma that we've just learned to deal with it to the point where we just don't even bother about it and we just shut it off but it's not normal you know so yeah that's something so powerful and
1: so, also 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 then uh, when when you also taught, taught us about the, the to list uh, 10 things that bring us physical pleasure that also yes. then. It also then made one to realize that part of the healing process is also just uh, giving your body the the physical pleasure. Uh, Since obviously some of the trauma is stored physically.
0: Yes, right? And I'm loving that. I love that What um, the course also grows in these aspects of that healing doesn't have to be constantly this insane weight you know that like it's so stressful that he, we can also heal through pleasure and yes. that's that's been a key component that has come up a lot in this particular income challenge and I think it's had to come up because it's been such an intense challenge otherwise you know yes. so Kanya what are the three lessons or meditations that in the course that you feel have made a huge impact on you and have been a big contributor to the shift in your money story and your mindset
1: yes so the, the, the first one that comes to mind that really had an impact on me since joining is mostly the the vow of ease that uh, mm. the, the, the fact that uh, it, it doesn't have to be uh, difficult um, making the money yeah. or whatever income income goal you had uh, whether yeah. it is a, a certain figure per month or per year. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to come um, with difficulty. It is possible for it to come with ease. Uh, and, yes. and, therefore, and also, for one, to not feel guilty for for making it with ease. Rather, we need to yes. uh, normalize making the money with ease. Uh, that was the first one.
0: Yes, yes. Ah! I love that. Um, it's one of the, I don't know, like it's such a multi-layer thing, right? Cause we speak, it's not really so much the vow of ease. It's so much like, I think there's so many lessons that are tied to ease. Like the vow of service is directly linked to ease. So it's about how once we release the vow of service, it becomes we give ourselves permission to make money with ease and releasing it, in, um, do it throughout past lives or in this lifetime. And then also just uh, we, we've been doing a lot of work on ease in the income challenge. Because I feel like if we've set big, big goals and you've decided to quadruple, let's say you want to quadruple your income for the year and you are already working eight hours a day, if we are operating from the fact that we need to work harder to make that money then the subconscious is going to instantly say if i want to quadruple the number uh, the amount of money i want to make and i believe i have to work hard for money then I may need to double or quadruple the amount of work I do, which is the amount of hours I'm working. So you go from working eight hours to working now, then you instantly think I need to up the amount of work to 12, 16, sometimes 20 hours a day, you know? And then it's just, nobody wants to work that hard. A part of us is going to rebel and sabotage this income goal. So yeah, exactly. I also love ease.
1: Yes, and and also the fact that um, we with uh, with so so many of the motivational speakers, we've been to, uh, always told to admire people who sleep for only a few hours. Like uh, motivational speakers, yeah. they would tell you that, uh, guys, do, do you know that uh, Warren Buffett only sleeps four hours a day, or that <laughs> Donald Trump uh, Donald Trump gets up at uh, three a.m. every day and get, then go to sleep only at uh, uh, 11 p.m.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine? And like, you see, that again is like negating the body on this journey to success. What we yeah. do and what we've been taught is to basically erase the body's needs in yeah. order to succeed. So exactly. like it's this powerful thing. Sorry, I'm just going to let this motorbike go past. It's this thing of letting ourselves um, believe that the body is not part of this journey. And then when we get to the goal, we fall sick. And then we wonder, why did I fall sick? You know, it's like, oh, as soon as she reached her company, broke through to this particular income goal, she fell sick. Yo, witchcraft. No. <laughs> It's like you were doing the very most and negating the body and the body was asking you on this journey to pay attention, right? But we've been taught that the only way to reach our goals is to deny our bodies. Then why are we on earth having a physical experience? We could have just stayed in spiritual form if we were going to continue in energetic form. We could have stayed that way. If we were just meant to never acknowledge the needs of the body, you know, yes. so I love that you've spoken about that, and yes. what are the other two lessons
1: then the, the other one was uh the then um, the, the gold wound uh for example uh-huh. uh like uh forming a, a relationship uh with uh, with money like uh writing letters to money that that one really mm-hmm. really hit home. He, it, yes. It, that, that's where my aha, aha moment came when I, I, I started writing letters to, to Manny uh, yes. whereby I, I would say, Manny, uh, I, I love you. You must love me. And <laughs> I, uh, you, you must stay in my life.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, I yeah. love it. Oh, Kanya, I love that so much. And I, love, I didn't know that you did the would. The God wound is intense. You were very yeah. silent when you were doing it. Like everyone that does the God wound, usually comes into the group and just like has a full meltdown. Oh my God, I'm at the God wound. My life is horrible right now. I can't talk to people. I don't want to talk to anyone. In fact, so like that you did it and you were just doing it at your own pace. How did you find that the God wound that is?
1: Yes, uh, Well, I I found that by by first uh, by meditating and, uh, and and obviously trying to 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 see like what would come up. In, in my case, yeah. Uh, what came up during the, the meditation was a a male yeah. figure, um, a, a yeah. male figure uh, with with a long a long beard. And I thought, okay, yeah. Uh, what, what message is this sending to me? And, uh, yeah. and I'm still trying to figure figure out what
0: message it is, it is saying to me. Yeah, wow. So guys, I should add that the God wound comes with a meditation. It's um, the vow to prove the unfairness of God. So yes. the premise of the God wound is that we, we carry some kind of anger towards the divine, except the challenge is that we are divinity and we have not, because we've been so wounded to find divinity outside ourselves we don't recognize that we are interconnected with the very view of the divine that we um that we have so we need to understand our own divinity in order to start forgiving the source that we come from for so many of our sufferings etc So the God wound can be quite intense because there's a lot that comes up when we start to realize, oh, sorry. (laughs) There's this motorbike going up and down the village today. I don't know why. There can be so much uh, pain when we realize how much we have negated our own divinity. And not only that, how much we have shrunk the divine into other people's um, concepts of divinity right yeah. that the divine is we can't explain it we can't define it but we have worked so hard to explain it to define it to put rules on it to limit it that there's so much pain that comes up for all of us i think once we start working through it you know and again you don't even need to believe uh, to be religious because i'm not right and i didn't go up in a Christian setting or anything. But I started the God Wound work because I realized that whatever my relationship with the divine was, there was some kind of brokenness to it. And it was stopping me from really um, expanding financially. You know, and that's where when people are fully stuck and everything they've tried everything, I'm going to say in inverted commas, everything, and nothing seems to be working. I always say start at the God wound. Your issue is the core of that, you know, and then really understanding how you are divinity and not classifying yourself in any way. And you're, it's, it's a two-week lesson. And then the meditation, you have to do it every day together with all the other supplementary lessons. So it's, it's not, I'm not going to lie, it doesn't take people two weeks. It takes some people like two, three months to get through the lesson and that's all they'll do for months. Yes. It's it's a hectic lesson. Yes.
1: yes. Also then, uh, <laughs> yeah. also doing it also uh, makes one realize that uh, just because you, you make more, uh, more money doesn't mean you are less uh, holier than our than someone who is making less money, yeah. uh, which then yes. also links up Links up to the emotion of guilt and
0: shame. Mm. Yes. Exactly. Because I think the other thing that I think we unlearn through the God wound is this belief that we are somehow, if we have more blessings, we are more favored than another person, that yeah. we are more blessed than another, that somehow God has chosen us, that yeah. we are God's chosen person. No. Everyone is God's chosen person.
1: Exactly. And also, we we are not better, and that the person who who is less uh, blessed than you is not uh, a a worse person than you. We are uh, worse. So basically, by having more money, you are not better than the next person.
0: Amen, right? And I feel like that is such a core thing, because... That's one of the things that I feel is so important because then we are also able to see another person's divinity. Just because someone is down on their luck today doesn't mean that they are incapable of tapping into their own divinity and being on top in another year, in another two years. So we cannot judge another soul's journey and assume that they are lazy or they lack self-discipline, which is a big trigger for me when I hear people say people don't have money because they're lazy, they lack self-discipline, they just want to party. I'm like, wow, how do we just make these assumptions on a soul that is also divinity, also God in human form, you know? So once we understand that everything is divine, there's a huge shift. And I see it in all the students. I think that we can all agree that the God wound is hectic because it brings us all to this point of understanding how we have judged ourselves, judged the divine, judged others, you know, and we do it. And it doesn't mean after this lesson, we stop doing it. Heck guys, like I am. nowhere near divinity, you know, I judge, I get angry, I throw tantrums in the group. But the thing is just understanding that there is some kind of divine spark in all of us. And even as I'm doing the judgment and going crazy, Maybe in another year, the people that I'm judging, which I still do judge, right? I'll come back and remember that. Oh, there's something to this. I can stop judging now.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And then the the, the third uh, other meditation that I really liked uh, it was the the vow of invisibility. Yeah. Because uh, um, again, the, the, this might be also linked to uh, to ancestral trauma. In that, yeah. We we are often taught, taught that if you make more money and you become wealthy, mm. then you, that yeah. is associated with you standing out. And if you stand out, yeah. you are more likely to be a target of criticism. You are more likely to be yes. a, a target of uh, uh, attack uh, and uh, and also scrutiny. So now by, by doing mm. the vow of indiscipline, um, myself, I'm thinking that, you no, know, um, Realized that it's not, uh, it's, there's nothing bad in not like, making more money and being more visible because, in a way, it can actually Amen. serve as, as, as an inspiration for others.
0: Yes, oh my gosh, I love the sounds of that. Yeah, the I'm so struggling with the vow of invisibility, <laughs> I know what i will keep saying this guys the vow of invisibility has nothing to do with the fact that i don't get scared showing up on live videos that i have spoken in front of like thousands of people and i don't get stage fright you know yeah. not anymore right like i had a moment a very short moment in my life where i got stage fright but i'm back to normal again and i don't like i don't mind going out in front of people and just speaking. But it doesn't yep. mean that I am okay being visible because the vow of invisibility is about vulnerability. It yes. is about allowing someone to truly see you, see you're crazy, right? Yes. You can be totally invisible standing in front of a thousand people and smiling, right? Yes. Because the what you have shown is what you is what you want people to see versus the true you. So you are still invisibilizing yourself, yes. and that is the vow of invisibility, and it affects us in so many ways on our money journey, yes. which I won't talk about now.
1: Yes. And also, <laughs> so, with, us, with us as men, because we yeah. we, we are often uh, we are often taught to to not really like show our emotions. So yeah. we are often told that. No, you don't cry. You don't, uh, yeah. you don't show emotion. You don't show uh, your weakness. You must come across yeah. as that shining armor and be hard, which which then yes. uh, makes it harder for for more men to show up their yeah. emotions, because uh, yeah. the term masculinity can can almost yes. be, 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 be aligned to putting on a mask so much so that it can yes. be called it can be called mask because you're putting on a mask. <laughs>
0: Oh, that is so deep. Yeah. I remember the day you came in the group, Kanya, and then you were feedbacking on some, on a breath work, the live breath work meditations we were doing. And you were saying, I felt like crying, but the male ego wouldn't let the tears fall. I was laughing so much. (laughs) But that is so true. And Honestly, what it does—that uh, belief that men always have to be strong, that they always—they never have to—that um, they never have to show their emotions—is it completely um, causes a lot of men to bottle a lot of their things inside. So instead of seeking help, people yeah. just like spend time like in the pain and in the misery, because the fear is that you'll be told that you're not enough of a man. You're not man enough. Even talking about your emotions and the pain and working through the trauma. And what it is, is that all that pain, all that trauma is literally stopping you from like excelling and being your best self and also connecting on a deeper level with people old people, you know. I remember when my sister was twasaring mm, to become a Sangoma, right? Yes. My dad went to visit her and he started crying. So for me it wasn't like a new thing, right? Because my dad is a crier. Right? I wanna say he's a crier like that, but he <coughs> cries, you know. Yeah. And like I think that as his kids we are so emotional, maybe we get it from him. Right. And yeah. so he and so everybody, when I came to visit my sister in the evening, everyone was like, oh, your dad was here and he just cried and cried. And it was such a big deal for them, you know, and I was just like, what is the big deal? So, yeah, he cried. He, yeah. he had his own emotional stuff and he just cried it out and it's OK, you exactly. know, so. And I guess for me, it wasn't a thing because I've seen my dad cry at times for things, you know? So I'm like, it's not that great a deal. And it shouldn't be so weird for a man to cry. But I guess in that space, it was considered so intense that he cried. I was like, wow.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, Kanya, most people feel like they can do the work on their own. um, And they'll just read my blog or they'll listen to these videos and get the gist of what the course is about. What would you say to those people?
1: I would say to them that by thinking that way is is almost the same as like saying, um, in order for you to go from where you are now, your starting point, to go to uh, your, your destination, where you want to be, it's uh, it's it, uh, it basically almost like a straight line of thing to someone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is where you are now, and uh, where you want to go is uh, is is, uh, is basically just you walking straight, a straight line, and then you, you yeah. will reach your destination after a a few few kilometers. But um, mm-hmm. what they must know is that healing is a, is a layered process. It's not mm-hmm. just a a one dimensional. Uh, yeah. It is multi dimensional because. Yeah. Uh, uh, in order for you to, to, to heal, you need to go into each layer and you need different tools to, uh, yeah. to go into each layer. So now yeah. uh, by, by, by actually doing the, like the, the work, the course, you will also be coming into a, a safe space because the, the, the student group itself, uh, it actually represents a safe space, a non-judgmental mm-hmm. safe space where everyone yeah. will be sharing their, their journeys and yeah. you'll, be, you'll be seeing how the, the different tools are making an impact on uh, all, all the different students.
0: Yes, yeah, I yes. know. I love that as well about the student group. Yes,
1: so, it's, almost like saying, it's, it's almost like saying that in order for you to, to pass um, this exam, you must just read the, the summary. You must not read the text, yeah. you just read the summary.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point, hey? I think that that's the thing. Someone asked me recently, can I just get your book and surely what, you, what you've what you written in Heart, Mind, and Money will cover everything that you teach in the Money Magic course. And I was like, wow, what I wrote in Heart, Mind, and Money doesn't even feature in the Money Magic course. It's like so great zero work. You know, it's like the money magic course is like a whole other animal on its own. But I think she listened and she heard because she was like, okay, definitely the money magic course it is then. But yeah, yeah, I like what you said, reading the summary versus doing the work. So the inner work is almost daily work, Kanya. And sometimes it's emotionally hard. And I know that you're one of those people that shows up for the work. Do you have a process do you have a schedule do you have a tip for people that are just struggling to get into the work or think i want to do this but i don't have the time so why would you say to those people
1: yes well um, what has worked for me uh it's not necessarily a a fixed schedule of doing the the work but uh more more like doing breath work at least uh, uh, once a week and and also uh, uh, also, what I'm doing is uh, keeping a, a journal, more like a a meditation journal and a, yes. a dream journal. Yeah, because after doing, after doing each meditation, um, and, and then uh, especially the fact that most of the meditations are usually done more like uh, towards the evening before one sleeps. Um, I found yes. that then, uh, well, uh, after sleep, uh, sleeping, then I, I, I realized that, certain dreams come up. So by doing the, um, uh, jotting down the what I notice during the meditations, especially the physical sensations, um, yes. and also uh, jotting down um, what comes up in my dreams, I'm finding that it's motivating me to do more of the work.
0: Ah, that is so awesome. That is so powerful. I've heard some of the students keeping dream journals and writing down their dreams and how it's connected to the work. But uh, so, but like, it's not been explained like that before. That is amazing. And I love Mm -hmm. how like everyone in the course finds a way that works for them. Like I definitely don't keep a dream journal, right? Like I completely don't always remember my dreams. So Mm -hmm. that this is awesome. I love the idea of keeping a dream journal. So, yes. Kanya, one last question is, what do you wish you had known before starting your money journey?
1: Yes, Ben. I, I wish I had been told that uh, the, the, the money journey doesn't necessarily need to be very hard and, and sweating. And also, it doesn't necessarily need to just all about, be, be, uh, have to be about mental discipline um i wish that i was also told that it's possible for it to be a, an easy ride uh, an easy ride sort of linked to to passive income no not not necessarily just always being active and and uh, working long hours
0: yes wow okay so that is that is so powerful i wish i'd been told the same thing how do people get hold of you
1: okay they they can find me on on facebook Kanyangonyama. Uh, on uh, they can uh, contact me via Facebook Messenger, and uh, I'm also av- I'm available on uh, on WhatsApp. Uh, the number is zero eight one three six zero eight nine four
0: seven. Yes, and I'm, so, I'm also
1: available. I'm also available on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, okay. So, you guys know Kanya is great at real estate investing. So, if you want to know more about Airbnb and get coaching around that and all that, he's your person, right? So, definitely contact him for that. Thank you so much, Kanya, for coming on the show. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much, Money Magicians for tuning in once more to this series. I'm loving it. If you guys are loving the series, loving the sounds of it, loving what you hear, Please share it with your family and friends. And if you feel inspired and called to sign up for the Money Magic course as you're listening to all the guests, then definitely check out the Money Magic course at wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. If um, the course is not open for registration, get your name on the waiting list. Once we open for registration, I'll send you several emails, I'll tell you guys how to sign up for the course. And of course, always just reach out to me on Facebook via inbox. Um, You'll find me under Wealthy Money on Facebook, right? So inbox the Wealthy Money page. If you're connected to me personally on Facebook, message me at Vangele Makwakwa. Also, I'm Vangele Makwakwa on Twitter and Instagram. So thank you once more, Kanya, for joining us. This has been incredible. Thank you, Ben thank you cheers guys see you next week i hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you find this podcast helpful and enlightening please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on itunes or leave a comment on youtube and of course share it with your family and friends i would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast which would really make my day also as a bonus if you're interested in changing your spending habits i have a complimentary ebook for you you can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook again wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.